Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Okay. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want tater Arts and entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. Got a packed show for you today. We're going to be talking with Jamie Meredith of Creators Arts Music and Poetry, or CAMP. Their show is premiering on Saturday night. Then we're going to be talking with Phil Funkenbush, recently retired from the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. After that, Mark Gifford talks to us about the Dual Piano YouTube page. After news, we'll have State of the Arts with Gus Gordon, and then the Bottom of the Bargain Min review of The Car from 1977. It is all coming up, but first, here is CAMP. Creators of art, music, and poetry. I am talking with Jamie Meredith. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, tell everyone a little bit about um, what uh, Creators of Art, Music, and Poetry, or CAMP, um, who you guys are and what you guys are all about. Yeah, well, and thank you for the opportunity here today. You're uh, welcome. We're actually, we're exactly as the name implies. Well, we are um, promoting shows that uh, support creators of art, music, and poetry. So they're shows that feature local musicians playing their original songs, uh, poets reading their original works, and uh, artists showing and discussing their original works as well. So we group them in similar genres uh, and ideas. And the whole idea is that uh, we're able to spotlight the amazing pool of talent that we have here locally in uh, original content creators for the arts. Wonderful. And uh, when did you get the idea to um, when when was this group probably uh, about when you guys founded and uh, sort of what prompted you to want to put all this together? Yeah, well, so I'm a, I'm a local musician uh, in the community mm -hmm. and um, I play in a couple of groups that do original music. Um, and then uh, Tom Irwin is a good friend of mine, and yep. you know, he's been in the community for a very long time as well, doing original music. Um, so we started talking about this um, in the spring of last year, and we started organizing the entire idea around the concept of live shows, which is eventually what we want to get back to doing. Um, and then, you know, when everything hit, we uh, it kind of got shelved a little bit. We had already gone to uh, Springfield Area Arts Council and spoken with Sheila Block, and uh, she was an avid supporter of the entire thing from the get-go. Um, and we had, you know, worked out of the logistics to, to be able to do the live shows. And then um, when that had to be put on hold, um, I was just kind of sitting around and, and uh, bugged that I we couldn't follow through with it. So I reached back out to Tom in the fall and said, all right, is there any way, how can we do this? Uh, can we maybe do it virtually? And so we uh, went back to Sheila and, and started talking. And then uh, uh, Sheila had worked with Brian Krausen over at Krausen Creative. And um, he was also an avid supporter of the idea. So we kind of marched ahead virtually with the project uh, for the time. Nice. Well, that is awesome. I'm glad that uh, every, you guys are getting everything out there. Uh, people are able to watch it, uh, listen to it um, on all of that. So uh, so there I've seen you guys at least have another show that you have done um, that is available to watch. Um, is that one of the only shows you guys have done as this group or have you done any more? Yeah, so we have the one show that is still available to watch. Uh, so that was Themes of Americana. And um, so that show featured Tom Irwin, Amy Benton, um, and Buckhart Road is the musicians. And then we had uh, Taya Chesley 
and Reverend Zemi as the poets, and uh, we got to feature Bill Crook as our first artist. Uh, so yeah, like I said, Themes of, Themes of Americana was that first show. Um, and you can, that is still available to watch out on the camp Facebook page, um, and it's up on YouTube as well. And then we have the second one coming up this Saturday. All right, and that second show coming up this Saturday, what is the theme of it, and what can we expect to see and hear? Yeah, so that one's uh, it's a real exciting lineup for this one as well. So it's indie themes. So um, as, a, as a genre, you know, if you can explain it that way. Uh, so the musicians are Kate Lane, uh, Jessica Knight from uh, the band Looming, and then uh, duo Idle Oath. And then our, uh, our poets are Liz Huck and Virtual Yates. And then our featured artist is uh, Jeff Williams from the band Annihilate, um, showing off his artwork. Really? Nice. Well, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You got out there a little bit um, at the end. What was the? What was that last part there? Just that we're really excited about this lineup, and you know what? It's really cool is to show how diverse this whole project is going to be. Yeah. No, I agree. That's going to be that. That is going to be really great so that is going to be premiering uh this saturday um at what time and uh does is there going to be any cost for tickets or anything like that well so no so and great question thank you it's mm -hmm. great you can watch it um it's going to premiere uh it'll, it'll be uploaded to facebook uh, at 6 p.m on saturday the 9th and um the whole idea behind this is to be able to get these artists uh, in these different mediums out in front of, of uh, the community, you know. So we wanted to make sure that it was um, free to watch and and that you could get to it as easily as possible. So um, it, it's we have an event created on Facebook for it, but you're also just going to be able to, it, it'll just show up as a video on the, the camp Facebook page, and that's just at Creators Art Music Poetry. Um, and then you'll be able to get the information on Instagram as well at Creators Art Music Poetry. Um, and then uh, later on, it will be up on YouTube as well. Now talking a bit with Phil Funkenbush. Congratulations, <laughs> first of all. Thank you. That's great. Thank um, you. So I'll, I want to uh, just ask you a little bit um, how you got, because I know you've you've lived in a couple different places, how you got mm -hmm. um, here in Springfield um, and got started uh, getting involved in theater and just your love of theater in general. It's a crazy story. You made me to do a few installments, but <laughs> I will tell you, uh, I worked with the state 26 years, mm -hmm. and I realized that this past year, and I thought, you know, it is time. It's a good time to go on to whatever is next. Um, I was, you know, I can't remember how long ago it was, 93, 94, I got hired to direct a play at New Salem. I was living in New York then, and I had been coming back and forth for a while to do shows in Havana. I had a storefront theater, a little theater in an old store. And um, I got hired to do a show in New Salem. And then they hired me to do another show. And then they hired me on a contract for a few months to work in the village with the costumed interpreters. And that just led, you know, I kept staying. <laughs> so finally I got a job with, Illinois Historic Preservation Agency to do theater at historic sites around the state, which was an unbelievable job. Um, so many great memories, such a golden time. And then I got the wanderlust about going back to New York, and then I thought I need to wait and see what's going to happen with this new Lincoln Presidential Museum. And uh, Richard Norton Smith had just been hired as the director, and so... 
I met him and we talked and he, he said, just think of this whole museum as your theater. <laughs> so how could I not oh, yeah. say and see what was going to happen there? And so that was 16 years ago. Wow. Nuts. You know, yeah. if you think about the time. Yeah, and, but, uh, and being, so many good things. Yeah, absolutely. And being being the director of shows there at uh, at the museum there, what well, uh, name some of the things that you did? Um, of course, you did several shows there, uh, but you know, yeah, we did a lot of shows. But yeah. you know, the main job was to just oversee the ongoing daily shows, like the Ghosts of the Library, Television yeah. Theater, which you know we have live actors that do that show, and then the Union Theater show. Um, and, you know, the, we had to train these actors to do this show because it's very difficult, you know, and um, we've been really lucky to have some great people in that show over the years. And, and then after we'd been open a while, we decided to start doing other things as well. And that's when we started um, putting actors in exhibits and uh, having music in the plaza and Civil War bands and fiddlers and dulcimer players and storytellers. And then we uh, started doing plays in the Union Theater. I think the first show we did was called Reunion, which was this great Civil War musical. And we did a bunch of things over the years. I can't even remember them now, but, you know, The Last of Mrs. Lincoln was a great one. And then the big Civil War musical we did out in the park three different summers. And I can't tell you the years of those, but... You know, it's been a long time. I think the last one was in fourteen, maybe two thousand fourteen. I think so I, we did a. Yep. I think it was put a big stage up, and it was really fun, and exciting. We're going to take a break and come back with Mark Gifford. Let's talk arts and entertainment on WMAY. Well, it is the start of a new year. There's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of virtual theater this past year with uh, uh, unable to be in the theater, unable to have live audiences. Um, and one of the one of the shows that has been around um, on Christmas, Dual Piano, that was able to go on virtually. Dual Piano Christmas 2020. You were. I believe just missed the cutoff to be able to watch it. But if you watched it, you watched one great show. And I'm here with, once again, with Mark Gifford, who was one of the pianists there. How are you doing, Mark? I'm half the show. I'm doing great. Starting the new year off fine. How are you? Yep. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, So uh, before we jump right into uh, this new YouTube channel that you have, uh, once I watched the uh, dual piano that you guys did that was wonderful um uh, there, there were there were some great things that you ta- you guys ta- you talked about that in there that w- when you see the show live of course you know seeing a show live is a completely different experience than watching something that is recorded but one of the cool things that you talked about with the life the the dual piano show is that there are all these cameras there was one looking down at the pianos there's close-ups of you guys uh playing the keys so it was really interesting uh to see uh, the dual piano done uh like that um, is when, when, when Gus said, Hey, we're going to try this. 
uh, Damien and I were both going, and yes, we want you to do that. Because (laughs) we've talked about getting a camera to do that at the Hoagland, but that just hasn't happened yet. And here we were at the Steinway Piano Gallery's recital hall with a big steel beam right above us. Mount that camera up there. Let's go. Yeah. And it when it worked out great. I mean, it was, you know, it was so cool um, with all the different, different camera angles and, um, you know, hearing the, you know, listening with headphones, hearing those pianos with the microphones on them, just like blasted right into your ears. Uh, Damien's singing and all. I mean, it was all it was all just so great. Yeah, we have so much fun doing it. We're just yeah. happy to let everybody else come in on the fun. Nice. Well, it was great. And everybody who's got to see it, I'm sure, loved it. Uh, but just recently, in the past couple of days, uh, you guys have started a dual piano YouTube page. And there are a couple videos up. Uh, one of them was uh, I Could Have Danced All Night for My Fair Lady, one of my favorite shows. Uh, but you guys are putting up some clips. What's uh, what's going on with the new YouTube page? Well, I've been collecting the clips when I can over the years, uh, knowing that at some point, this would be the right time. This is the right time. Uh, I I put, let there be peace on earth on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking at it and it has had 6.8 thousand views. Nice. Since new year's Eve. (laughs) So that's uh, just a couple of days. That's pretty nice. Yeah. It's had 127 shares. Now, it, on, on the Facebook world, it's one thing to put it up there, but the shares are when everybody starts giving it to somebody else. Yeah. And your algorithms go, you know, crazy. And uh, it just said to me, you know, this is the time to start the YouTube page. Yeah. So I put the Let There Be Peace on Earth. I put the I Could Have Danced All Night, uh, which you talked about. Uh, I put one of my favorites of all time. The Bach Guno Ave Maria is on there. Nice. Well, that's the one where two of Damien's three pages fell off the piano (laughs) while we're playing. Yep. And I saw it. (laughs) And I thought, well, when we get to the bridge, I'll just take over playing his part. And he can reach down and get the music and and we'll be ready to go. And he gave me the sign. He goes, no, no, I got it. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And if you watch it, he's literally reading the music on the floor. <laughs> moving it with his left foot to get it in place. And here is this serious piece of music. And you just hear people snickering and snorting through the whole thing. <laughs> and it's just, it was great. And after the concert, I'm not joking. After the concert, someone said, How did you blow that music off his page? <laughs> um but that's a trade secret. We can't tell. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, one of the. It's one of those uh, magician never reveals his tricks. You know, yeah, just. But <laughs> it's the that's fun a, of we're rehearsed, but we're not so rehearsed that we can't go with a moment. Oh my God! Yeah, I wish, you know. I wish I had the videotape. There's one where we were playing and somebody's phone went off. Yeah, and I picked up the key of the phone. <laughs> And just started, yeah, that's great. Now, live you know, theater, you know. The other thing I liked about uh, the, the the St. Louis video was because of the multiple cameras, you got to see a lot more of us in the act. 
uh, my face, Damien's face, our hands, um, our feet, all of the things that if you're in the front rows at the Hoagland, you can get some of that. But when those pianos are so big and spread so far apart, you really can't see everything. Right. If you can see Damien's hands, you can't see mine, vice versa. And and the, the video just gave us that opportunity to see everything that goes on with what we're doing. And that said to me, yeah, these are the kind of things people are going to want to see. Right. Uh, yeah. So that'll be. And it doesn't and, cost and anything. No, of course. Yeah. So that's nothing to be. watch, nothing to put up. Uh, it, and now's the time. We're, we're hoping yeah. that uh, all of this will spread our wares a little farther around the place. Um, off the Facebook thing, I've gotten comments from Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, from places all around. Again, once it gets shared, the next yeah. person. So yeah. uh, my next thing was I put up on there. And if you would like to talk to us about a concert in your area, please write us at. There you go. Hey, got nothing to lose. Oh, of course. No, and that's great. And uh, definitely something people would want to watch, want well, to watch live, even digitally, and listen to. One What's of up? the teachers even put up there, this is for my students that say du uh, piano duets aren't fun. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, show them that. Show them these. They'll be, yeah, I mean. More power to oh you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just the right time. Uh, oh. we're, we're hoping to expand our, our, uh, what's the word I want to say? Our base. Ex of expand people. your, your base, expand your reach. Yes. Right. And, and just share what we've got. We, we recorded it down in St. Louis at the Steinway recital hall and the yeah. vice president of Steinway in St. Louis goes, I think I need to get you guys down here. Yeah. I, there are a lot of people that would like to hear a concert that isn't all classical music. And I'm going, a lot of them in Springfield. There's I was like, oh. more in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. And, and nobody's really doing it the way we're doing it. You've got the dueling piano things at bars uh, and stuff like that. And those are great shows. Uh, but there aren't ones doing the grab your wife, grab your boyfriend, grab whoever, and just come to a nice evening at the theater and hear some beautiful piano music. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's and that's great. And so with with the YouTube page, are you are you going to be putting, of course, putting up new clips or, or clips of um, previous shows? Are you going to be doing any more shows, new shows through YouTube um, or are you just going to be making putting the putting the clips on there? The answer would be yes. OK, uh, we're going to do as much as we can. Uh, I know that Steinway has welcomed us back down there again. Nice. Uh, we can come back down there. Well, two in-tune pianos, they're $75,000 a piece pianos. And uh, it's really funny where this came from. We called them about yeah. bringing two pianos up to the Hoagland so that yeah. we could record there. And the people are like, why don't you just come down here? Yeah, we'd yeah, be happy to. of course. That's a lot easier. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, we're thinking of more ideas, very much so. And then the other thing is we're hoping – that the second we can come back to concerts, yeah. we have offered to the Hoagland that we would be your first weekend back. Break for news, and when we come back, State of the Arts. And we're going to try to do some very small-scale things. One of the first ones we have lined up, um, not necessarily chronologically, but we've been planning this one, is a show called uh, Becoming Dr. Ruth. 
we did it a couple of years ago. Felicia Coulter portrays oh, yeah. Ruth Westheimer. It's a mm -hmm. one person show and she's uh, talking about her life. Um, she had quite an interesting background besides being a sex therapist. Uh, mm -hmm. she, I, I, as I remember, she had been an Israeli sniper at one time. Mm -hmm. Hard to believe, but it's, it's a fascinating show. Felicia is wonderful. And we figured that was a perfect show to bring back because she still has it memorized. And it's one person, so we won't have any problem with contamination or people, you know, getting too close to one another. So we're looking forward to that very much. And we'll be uh, taping that probably in early March and then broadcasting it, streaming it in March as well. Wonderful. That's something to look out for. Keep in the back of your mind there, because you guys are going to want to watch that, because uh, Felicia's great. Um, I, I don't know if I saw Becoming Dr. Ruth, but I've seen her in a couple things here, and she is she is really good, and I'm sure that's going to be a wonderful show. And I, I, I'm i sure you can you can attest to the show. I haven't seen it, but that it was a very good show, right? It was. It really was. And she, um, it's tough to hold a stage all by yourself for several, you know, an hour and a half or so, mm -hmm. but yeah. Felicia can do it. We're also planning to um, to reboot the last five years with Damien Kaplan and Mary Kate Smith. Nice. Again, it's a two person show. It's very easy to put together in a pandemic. Um, the the two actors don't you know they don't interact except for one moment, and we're trying to think of ways we can you know work around that by you know doing a split screen or something like that to keep them both safe. We we were hoping to take that in early January, but this is not a good time to be out and doing things like that right now after the holidays. We're still waiting to see what's going on, and we still have the Tier 3 mitigations in place. So we're hoping to put that together early in the year. And also, I've been talking mm -hmm. with Akhani Vigasa about putting together a Valentine's show featuring oh, nice. local divas uh, in town, you know, the, the fine ladies of song. Uh, that we have in central Illinois and put together a kind of a cabaret act that we would stream. So we have several things on the burners as we um, wrap up to 2020 and get geared up for 2021. Yeah, that sounds great. That's yeah, that is something to look out for. So make sure you guys uh, see because that that'll be coming soon. And um, and yeah, last five years again that with that uh, that cast, uh, the D Damien and MK, those are those were great. I mean a great show that was so that'll be great to see that yeah. again so. they really are and they yeah. did a super job with that show it's just yeah. it's really emotional it's written by um jason robert brown of course who wrote songs for new world and it's it's that's what we originally wanted to do uh that's yeah. what we originally planned to do but it wasn't available um right off the bat to to be streamed and now it is so we figured well let's do it and we can have some new content I've really enjoyed these virtual productions. I've been working with uh, you, of course, and yeah, Ryan, something. Jeremy Geckner, Brett Rutherford, um, putting these shows together. And uh, they're a great technical team, and you're a great technical team, and it's, it's been fun to do. So we, we look forward to some new experiences. And as I mentioned before, I can expect this kind of thing mm -hmm. will continue on in some form. Um, John Paris and I have talked about the possibility of a show called Red, which is, I'm, I'm not all that familiar with it, but I know it's about a painter. And one of the, and Alfred Molina starred in it, I believe on Broadway. And one of the, the bits oh, nice. in the show is the actor is actually painting and he's a very aggressive painter. And my, my big problem with performing it at the Hoagland was 
the paint because <laughs> yeah. it goes everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, we, we got to take care of the stage and the curtains. But with this downtime in the pandemic, and if we're not dealing with an audience, we're thinking that might be a good show to finally do. And, and John's been working on that for years. Um, so th that's something we're in, in conversation about that I hope we can pull off. Um, and we can do it in such a way where we don't ruin all our building. Yeah. Yeah. You can film it in a separate, you can film that scene in a separate, uh, area and just do it. I mean, yeah, you could, we could, do all, yeah. um, that's a good idea. Um, there are a couple of shows that we've always thought would be fun to do. Evil dead. The musical is another, Ooh, yeah. blood goes everywhere. <laughs> and that's part of the fun, but you know, the red dye gets in the carpet and it doesn't come out. So, no. And uh, things that we've thought would be fun to do, but uh, we haven't worked out how we would do them. Right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this is a, uh, this is a new, I mean, and who, I mean, going forward, this could be a new way to do some productions is like, this is yeah. how we're going to, you know, do them. They could even be, I know that uh, spirit of Lincoln was planning this, but there are productions you could film and you could show them in the theater. Um, so that, I mean, there's all sorts of things that can go on and with that. Know, I've so. heard a lot of people say with um, with church services, for example, and, and Sheila Walk told me this about First Night. Some of the response she had was, this was great. I could watch First Night in the comfort of my own home without getting out on New Year's Eve and worrying about, you know, drunk drivers or the cold and the snow and the ice. Um, a lot of people say that about church, that they're watching, you know, church services more frequently from the comfort of their own home. And yeah. I, I think there's something there. Um, yeah. It never replaced the live experience, but it could certainly accentuate it or offer an alternative for those who are not able to get out. And um, yeah. I think a lot of nursing homes and retirement homes would appreciate something like that, where they could watch a local show where they maybe couldn't get a big bus put together. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out as we go along, but there are lots of applications, I think, going forward. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and that can be, you know, there can be a, a pre-recorded um, version that streams after the show's done, or there could be a, um, this is maybe a little more ambitious, but you could put a camera, just like one camera hooked into the soundboard that's live streaming. I mean, you could do a whole lot of sort of different things with that. Right. So it, I, it really I, depends on the rights. Um, yeah. So some shows you're only allowed to do it that way. You're only allowed to stream it the night of the performance. And mm. since we haven't had any performances, there are certain shows we haven't been able to do. Um, so this, the live to tape or scheduled content, as they call it, um, right. that's, been, that's been the most workable thing. And then video on demand, you know, has its pluses and minuses. It gives people the convenience to watch whenever they want. One of the downsides and maybe this is an advertising thing and we just have to work better on advertising, but yeah. if people have an extended period to watch something, there's a tendency to say, Oh, I'll watch it later. Right. All of a sudden it's, it's over and they forgot yeah. end date and they missed it. So, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're still figuring this all out. Right. And I don't and, know the right answer either. Yeah. We're, we're all figuring it out, uh, you know, as we go along. So we'll, we will get there, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it really is, uh, really is a whole new world with streaming. I mean, I think it's really gonna, like you said, it's really gonna accentuate the, uh, the theater going experience. Um, not like replacing it. It's just gonna say, this is a, a more, a way to get more people watching and involved. I think that's going to be great. 
Yeah. And I, I, I'm doing an article right now. I'm writing it today for Springfield State Magazine. Um, mm -hmm. And we're talking about how groups handled the end of year holiday shows. And so yeah. I've talked to Cynthia Higginson with Theater Center and um, with Trevor Orthman with the Illinois Symphony Orchestra and uh, Julie Ratz with the Ballet Company and Sheila Walk with First Night and Carly Shank with UIS Performing Arts Center about how they went about providing their, you know, you know, the holiday shows, Nutcracker, the holiday pop, mm -hmm. dual piano. Those are traditions now in the area that we do every year. Uh, people are used to watching them. And so we're doing an article on, on how people worked around the pandemic to still provide these things to people. And we talk about the different experiences they had with the streaming. And by and large, everyone you know, had a, a positive experience, the response they received from their different audiences. And we don't all have the same audience, obviously, but it was very positive. And uh, in Sheila's case, that was also shown in Monterey, California and St. Petersburg, Florida. And so they had thousands of views from people, not only in central Illinois, but around the country. Yeah. And that, that man, that's great. Uh, it really is. So yeah, that's awesome. Right. And that. let us, uh, let us know when it's done. We'll be able to, you know, give it give it a read and everything. I mean, that's really great. Yeah, yeah we'll do. All right. And there's a couple of things um, that I, I know you you talked to me uh, a, a little bit about here. There are some there are still some musical adaptations of movies that are coming out. Uh, right. That are some are being worked on. Um, we also touched briefly on Ratatouille uh, last week. The the live stream musical which raised over a million dollars for the Actors Fund, which is pretty good. I, um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't me neither. Able to watch still, but from the people I heard about, a lot of our theater friends on Facebook were saying, "Man, that was great. That was yeah. fun." So it'll be interesting to see if something like this that was created by fans on TikTok uh, will have a future in a stage production, or what the future will hold for it. I think so. I think as um, as uh, as popular as it was, and. Um, with uh, everybody that was involved with it, I think that it we could see it come to this stage at some point. So I yep. think it's something to definitely look out for. Um, the the movie version of Into the Heights is coming out in June, right? Uh, apparently, um, West Side Story is still slated to come out um, the the tenth of December. My favorite musical. I tell the records right up there. And with, I, th uh, I think it's Tony and Maria running. It's what's up? Finished film. They fin they this past year. Yeah, they finished it. That's um, I believe it's. They might be. I mean, they have some time. I'm I'm sure there's probably might be tweaking it a little bit. But yeah, that movie's done. I believe completely. So you just gotta just. I mean, I'm sure they're waiting. I noticed that the uh, the TCM is doing their big screen classics, and the original West Side Story is also being re released around the same time. So I wonder if they're doing like a. Huh. Um. Yeah. So they they're bringing the original West Side Story back to the theater, which is. I love that movie, so I'm going to be watching it. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting for people to be able to compare the two. Oh yeah, that's and I will be, I will be doing that. I'll be, I'll be comparing all of them together, and and the stage version, and everything. So that'll be interesting to see. You know, I um, mean, those Fathom events at uh, AMC, where you yeah. can go and watch, you know, a classic movie on the big screen again. So my, you know, my wife and I went to see Singing in the Rain when they did that a couple of years ago for one of the big anniversaries. And it's yeah. really neat after watching it on your home screen for so many years, it's fun to go and watch some of those classic movies on the big screen once again. 
Yeah, I, you know, so, some of the movies, of course, I never would have been able to see in the theaters. Like North by Northwest was one of them. Vertigo. You're ten years uh, old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I missed. See, I missed the Doctor No when they re-released that because. Um, that was when I was, um, I mean, I'm still a huge James Bond fan, but um, right. the only showing was in St. Louis and I was 17 at the time. I was like, I'm not going to drive to St. Louis. So, but uh, yeah, all, always a back to the future. I got to see in the theater. I mean, it was great. So yeah. it's, it's so cool. So yeah, West Side Story is coming out. Uh, I, 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 that might be the only musical that's coming out this, uh, this time, but. The, it's always something to look out for because I always have some musicals. And then I know it, it said that Dear Evan Hansen and Tick, Tick, Boom, the musical, yeah. the movie versions of those are in post-production right now. So they're working on them, finishing them up. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's amazing. You watch some uh, network television or, or, or some of the streaming services. There has been so much unexpected new product created. It, it's okay. My wife and I were watching This Is Us the other night and they're, they're actually setting it during the pandemic. So they're wearing masks and talking about bubbles and all of that stuff. Um, I, I think now with the situation in California, however, a lot of the shows that had gone back into the studio, like Jimmy Kimmel and James Corden, they're going back to remote uh, just because it's, it's so desperate in California right now. I, I think they're, they're saying, just don't go outside. Yeah. You're at risk. We're going to take a short break, and when we come right back, we will be back with The Car from 1977. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. I'm Kevin Hart. We have a really interesting movie for you today. 1977 was a big year in cinema. Of course, that's when the original Star Wars came out, one of the biggest, best action blockbusters ever. But there was another action movie in 1977 that you may not know about, and it's maybe for the better, although I'll let you be the judge of that, as we have this movie called The Car. Now, Star Wars might have lightsabers, might have blasters, the Death Star the actual story and characters that matter, but does Star Wars have a car jump through a window and kill a woman? Yeah, that was clearly the better movie, huh? <laughs> so the car is a horror movie about a car that kills people, a car that has a mind of its own goes to the small town where nothing's happening and starts killing people. And a lot of these people are interconnected. I mean, it's a very small town. And this car is just killing people. Now, <laughs> what makes this movie funny is that it is serious. It is an earnest, serious horror movie, as serious as Psycho or The Omen or anything you can think of. But it's about this car, this car killing people. And nobody's driving it. And, of, of course, when they show the shot inside of it, I mean, they, the camera's kind of just a little bit to the right so that you can't see the steering wheel that well. 
But no, this they're like, oh my goodness, this car is invading the town and we don't know what to do. And nobody's stopping and saying, so is there anybody like in the car? <laughs> People ask if somebody's in the car, like, oh, I didn't see him. And even near the end of the movie, they're, they're like, well, I didn't see who was in the car. And so, but but when it, when it happens that they find out, oh, there's nobody in this car and it's just this car killing people, everyone's just like, yeah. Yeah, the car is killing people. We got to get to the bottom of it and destroy it. People just accept it, and they are very adamant and gung ho. We need to kill this car. Well, they should get a Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He can sure kill a car. <laughs> but no, I mean, really, this is it. Okay, let me show you a little bit more of this movie because uh, let's take a look at this clip right here. You know what you are? A chicken. Yeah. So. Here, the car disrupts a band rehearsal. Uh, this marching band is playing a, a playing a John Philip Sousa march. Not very well, but uh, maybe the car was upset by that. But they're able to run the car away by insulting it and swearing at it. I had to edit this clip a little bit, even though this movie's rated PG. It did have some words I can't say on air. So here is one of the characters berating this car until it drives away. You know what you are? And they're all like really excited and happy. Look at this. They're like, yeah, you did it. Not you were like yelling at a car and it drove away by itself. Nobody, nobody thought that. <laughs> yeah. So this movie stars James Brolin, the father of Josh Brolin. He's the main character. The name of Wade. Wade is the uh, is the cop who is helping investigate this crime. The car ends up killing a couple, uh, kills one of the main characters, a couple of them, well, one of them you saw in that clip, and that's later in the movie. However, there is also a, um, a car, the, the car kills, the, uh, kill, kills the sheriff in the movie, and the sheriff is also trying to, uh, is trying to run some game on <laughs> his high school sweetheart, which, like, the hell, you know, he's, like, 30 years older than her. It's it's pretty funny, but you know he really wants to get with his wife, and it's sad because like this high school sweetheart's getting beaten by her husband, but he he's coming over to her and he's like, hey, you know, you can just say that this guy did these murders and we can run off to a to a hotel somewhere, <laughs> like like in front of his husband. It's really funny. Uh, it's not supposed to be funny, but again, this movie's so serious. There's all this drama. There's all all this oh this is such a scary monster and it's a car that can somehow drive itself now uh james brolin does fine probably the best actor in this is ronnie cox you might know him as a lieutenant bogomil from beverly hills cop dick jones from robocop and he plays a cop again in this movie of course this is one of his earlier roles um, after Deliverance, but it was still one of his very early roles. Uh, so he's pretty young, um, but he's he's very uh, he's very naive. Uh, one of the people who's killed is some kid who went to church with him and, and lied to his mom and ran off with his girlfriend. And he's like, well, he would never do that. I know for a fact that this isn't the kid who died. And of course, it's him. And uh, you know, but, but yeah, he has these intense scenes. And again, he is really the best part 
of this movie, I must say, uh, as far as performances goes, because he really gives it his all. Some of the other people in this are like, eh. And again, taking the movie as seriously as they do, it just comes off as funny for a lot of the scenes, especially this one, which I'm not sure if they didn't have, like, good special effects. Well, they don't have really good special effects. The ending kind of does, but a lot of this is eh, not very good uh, in terms of how, how the special effects look. I got the car and everything going in. Uh, so James Roland gets into a standoff with the car, and he's uh, he's going to take it down. Uh, this is when he still thinks somebody's driving it, so he's trying to trying to take the car, the guy in the car down, not knowing that nobody's in the car. But here's how the standoff goes. Yeah, there's nothing there. Still nothing. Oh, here he goes. Car door gets him. Not only that, but now the car is emitting uh, some sort of light. That's a transition, but he also, this car has really weird supernatural powers. Yeah, that, that weak knock of the car door sends him to the hospital where he's recovering. And that's when, uh, afterwards, that's where this scene that I showed at the beginning comes in. how that happens cars jumps off the ground so uh we, we get to the finale they of course have to blow up the car that's the only way they can do it and and uh let me tell you something this finale is quite ridiculous This movie was recently released on Blu-ray and was kind of just obscure for a while. Um, I found this on Netflix, actually, so if you have Netflix, you can watch it. I can only recommend this if you watch it as a comedy, and you watch it knowing that this is a really stupid movie, and they take it very seriously, and it almost feels like a parody, like Airplane. I mean, it really is like that level of melodramatic and bad. So if you watch it like that, maybe a couple of drinks... It'd be pretty funny, and it'd be fun to watch, and I'd recommend it that way. But if you're watching it as a serious horror movie, uh, this movie is pretty bad, and you won't enjoy yourself at all, and you're just going to be like, what the hell was the problem with this movie? Because it's so bad, and that's why it's fun to watch as a comedy. That's the only way I would recommend watching it. Thank you very much for watching this video, and I will see you next time on Bottom of the Bargain Bin. You missed a segment. Hello? Hello, anybody home? You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full show, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Thank you once again for listening in. I'll see you next week here at 11 a.m. WMAY.